And a very good evening to everybody. Welcome to our evening. This evening, we are talking to two lovely ladies, Teresa and Rowena, from the Harry Edwards Healing Sanctuary. So the whole evening is dedicated to various forms of healing and just bringing together that knowledge and that joy and that upliftment. So, ladies, a very good evening to you. Evening, everybody. So, Harry Edwards Healing Sanctuary, that's in, no, not Liss. Where are you located again? Yeah, we're in Sheer in Surrey, Laurie. So, ah, right. uh, yeah. Apologies. Beautiful rolling hills in the Surrey, uh, in the Surrey Hills, outstanding natural beauty. So, it's, it's a beautiful place to be. Absolutely wonderful. Um, a lot of people will be familiar with the name of Harry Edwards, but uh, also a lot of people joining and starting to investigate spiritual matters at the moment. They may not be so familiar. So could you uh, just give a brief outline of the great man himself, please? Absolutely. So, uh, Rowena, you might want to add a few bits here and before we get into the talk and everything. But uh, Harry Edwards himself is uh, a renowned spiritual healer, um, has worked for many years and is, is well known in the community, written many, many books um, that are still very relevant today. And actually, when you reread his books, um, even though some were written 20, 30 years ago, maybe a bit longer in some cases, um, the lessons and the stories are still uh, very, very pertinent and relevant for today. Um, Barina, did you want to add anything quickly? Um, no, we're going to, um, he was a, a pioneer for healing, um, very prominent in his day. Um, he went through both um, world wars, uh, World War One and World War Two. And the talk we have is, uh, is just about um, his life um this is one presentation we do um the when we have uh, the sanctuary is obviously open we have coach party visits uh which are very popular and so you get a guided tour around the house and you see harry edwards rooms his sanctuary which he had built which used to be the billiard room uh when he first moved in and he decided that would be his sanctuary so when he first moved into the house that's what they did they converted it into a little chapel and um, towards the end of his life, um, because it was becoming very popular, um, they extended it. So now we can actually seat 100 people, um, not actually at the moment social distancing, but um, you can actually seat 100 people. In fact, last year, I was very fortunate. I had my uh, wedding service there, so that was nice. And we did all cram in, so, uh, but that was good. But anyway, you get the feel of the place, um, but you really need to experience the sanctuary. You know, no matter how much we tell you, you can, it's, when you go through the gates, because it, it is out in the country, um, but if you drive through the gates or in a coach or um, car, um, you can feel the energy change. You know, it's such beautiful energy. It's just so peaceful. Mm. So we hope to see you next year. And uh, yeah, and, and generally yeah. We're, we're open seven days a week. Things are a bit different as they are for, for everyone at the moment. Um, but we offer a range of healing services uh, online, on telephone. And normally when the sanctuary is fully open, um, healing at the sanctuary. But uh, like Rory said, you know, we can enjoy the grounds. And those grounds are there for everybody to enjoy. So whether you're coming for healing or not, it's it's a wonderful place, 
you know, to come and grab, have a flask of tea or, or make a cup of tea, enjoy the grounds and, and make a day of it. And we hear a lot of healers or those that are sensitive to the energy. You know, the minute you go up that drive, you can feel the recharging happening. And uh, yeah, it's just a very special place. So our talk today is really to give you a bit more of an insight into who Harry Edwards um, is, his life, and his legacy and, and share some of the things that we normally do at the sanctuary and then finish them with a, a group healing um, that we invite everyone that's watching us tonight either live or in the recording later to, to participate in. absolutely <laughs> wonderful book us in for next year will you because uh, we will be able to go out and enjoy ourselves once more sooner or later right. <laughs> well the sanctuary actually sits in 32 acres so we have most fantastic views and uh, woods and everything so it's definitely worth a visit you're on <laughs> <laughs> right without further ado i will hand over to you two wonderful ladies thank you so much all right thank you for that Lorraine. um like you said before welcome everybody um we've got a, a powerpoint uh so that's sharing some of the photos from from the decades uh that harry edwards has been working so we'll take you through his life and rowena uh, with our team at the Sanctuary, both Ian and um, Gina um, have helped put this together for you this evening. It's an introduction, so we, we uh, are anticipating that some people wouldn't have heard of Harry Edwards. But if you have as well, there are photos in here and maybe stories that you, you wouldn't have known um, just by reading some of his books. So we're going to share that and then afterwards uh, give a little bit of insight into uh, Harry Edwards's philosophy of healing and his legacy and then we'll finish with a big group healing meditation afterwards. All right so if you just bear with me a second I'll just get that powerpoint up for you Rowena. Thank you. Yeah. Can you see that all okay? Yes, I can. Yes, we've got the bubbles going on at the moment. <laughs> yeah, we thought we'd make it as healing vibe as possible for everyone. That's Pretend they're orbs. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed, and that lovely kind of you know healing colour. Over to you, Rowena. Okay then. Um, hello, everybody. Um, this is a picture of Harry Edwards as a baby. I think he was about three months old at the time. Um, he was born Henry James Edwards and he was born in Islington and on London, in London, on the 29th of May 1893. Next please. He was one of nine children. His father was a printer and his mother was a dressmaker. He was not particularly academic and could get up to lots of mischief together with a gang of boys that he led. In 1905, aged 12, he met Dolly Reed, the butcher's daughter, and apparently this was when he reformed his behaviour and determined to make something of himself. Um, Harry Edwards is, uh, can you point on this, Teresa? I can't remember if you can. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. If, can you see my um, arrow? Yes, I can, yeah. That's, yeah. If you can see the arrow, everyone, that's um, Harry. Um, he actually took the same name as his father. His father was also called Henry James Edwards. As in those Victorian times, they always took the father's names as well. Okay, next slide, please. 
This is Harry as a young man. In 1907, age 14, Harry was proofreading Scouting for Boys about Lord Robert Baden-Powell forming the Boys Scouts. And he asked to form his own patrol, which he did with 10 boys. Ironically, in later years, he would give healing to Lady Baden-Powell, who suffered from chronic arthritis. Later that same year, he left school to begin a seven-year printing apprenticeship. It was during this time, after printing leaflets for the Liberal Party, that his interest in politics began. He joined the Liberal Party in North Lambert, aged 16. In later years, he campaigned for this, this party, but he was unsuccessful. Next, please. So this is um, Harry, uh, he was captain, uh, he was aged 21. Um, although Harry had quickly realized that the printing trade was not for him and that he would need to learn a new trade, he did complete his apprenticeship in 1914. This was despite, in his own words, being the most unsatisfactory apprentice any firm ever had. During the outbreak of war in that same year, when he was 21 years old, Harry joined the Royal Sussex Regiment. He was not on the battlefield, but was sent to, London, uh, to India on the SS Ceramic, and he achieved the rank of captain and was commissioned in the field that same year. Next, please. It's another picture of Harry. Uh, obviously, it's World War I uniform he's wearing. While in Baghdad, he helped build the railway track between Turkirk and Baghdad. It was here that his reputation as a healer started. Although his men suffered many injuries, they seemed to heal quickly in Harry's presence. Locals would bring the very sick to him and he had great success in healing them. This was despite having only very basic first aid equipment. The locals called him Hakim, which means healer. Even so, he seemed unaware of his amazing ability to heal and was more interested in being a politician. Next slide, please. So this is, the, uh, in 1920, Harry returned to England and the following year he married Phyllis White on the 17th of April, a friend of his sister Dorothy, with whom he had corresponded all the time during his, uh, which he spent away from the army. The couple opened a stationery shop, which you can see here and a printing works in Balham called Essential Services. It was here that local people came to ask for healing. Uh, next slide please, Teresa. And that's Harry in his printing office. Next slide please. So Harry had four children, Felicity, Tony, Megan and Barbara. So Felicity was the top left, uh, Tony, which was his son, top right, uh, on the right. Um, then it was Megan and then Barbara. His daughter Felicity recalled how difficult it was financially as the family had two pound a week to feed a family of six. The family's situation improved, however, in 1935 when Harry found an astute business partner, Mr. Mushins, and 20 years of struggle came to an end. Next slide, please. Having support from his partner gave Harry the chance to launch himself into a political career. He wanted to help the poor and un underprivileged. All his family were fully supportive 
and would help by putting the leaflets into envelopes and delivering them. It was a true family enterprise. Next slide, please. He stood as a Liberal candidate on several occasions, but without success. This did, however, provide him with invaluable experience in public speaking, which in itself was a great achievement, as he had to practice for hours to overcome a childhood stutter. Next slide, please. It was in 1936 that Harry became a spiritual healer after he was told by mediums at a spiritual church meeting that he had healing powers. He was 41 years old. His early attempts at healing were so successful that his reputation quickly spread and it wasn't long before his services were in demand. Um, Harry did uh, a lot of uh, demonstration, healing demonstrations and uh, this is one with a lady who had a goiter in her throat. Um, he used to ask people to come up on stage, um, but it was more that people could actually see what ailment they had. Um, after he did his healing on her, uh, her neck, the goiter had disappeared. And there it is again. Harry also realized the power of distance healing after he sent healing energy to someone ill and they quickly recovered. Uh, Harry did an awful lot of uh, distance healing and uh, we do distance healing today at this sanctuary. Next slide, please. This is the home guard. Harry was uh, 47. Uh, so this was during the Second World War. Harry served in the home guard and continued to run his printing business alongside his now very busy healing practice. 40% of the patients were World War I veterans. He carried out healings in many strange places. One such place was during the Blitz. It was on Clapham Common when he was on duty as a private. The sergeant in charge told him about his eye disease. So amongst all the flashing and the gunfire, Harry placed his hands over the sergeant's eyes and carried out his healing. Harry found out later that during the sergeant's next hospital appointment, he was told that his eyes were almost cleared and soon after they had completely healed. Um, now you can see a picture of Harry. He's on the bottom row. Um, Teresa, you've got your little pointer. So he's in the middle on the left hand side. Um, right, there he is, yeah. Um, at the sanctuary often we just have a bit of fun with everyone to, you know it's like spot them you know spot where is he and who is he so uh, and i think he... he's probably got a cigarette in his hand because he's smoked an awful <laughs> lot in those days <laughs> right next slide. <laughs> next slide please during the war harry's house in ballon was bombed destroying all his research papers and letters this didn't stop Harry and he carried on healing, sometimes in the street. He also went out during blackouts to demonstrate healing, which took place in churches and town halls in London. Uh, his daughter Felicity would often accompany him. Harry then moved to a house in Yule, where he used his front room as a healing sanctuary. He continued to receive many visitors. People came in their dozens sitting on the stairs or wherever they could get to the man who could heal. Next slide, please. So this is Barisley. As the news of his wonderful healing spread, 
the number of visitors increased so much that Harry had to find new premises. Harry was known all over the world and the Yule House could not contain so many visitors. Next slide, please. In 1946, he moved his extended family, Team Harry, and his healing practice to Burroughs Lee, a beautiful country house near to the idyllic village of Shear. He bought the house with his sister Ivy for £8,000, which was £4,000 less than the asking price. This was still a vast amount of money in 1946, so a mortgage was also needed. So his uh, family team consisted of Harry and Phyllis, his wife, his four children, Felicity, Barbara, Megan and Tony, Ivy, Harry's sister, and her husband, Alfred, Jed and Ken, and Phyllis's brothers. Ken did a lot of driving for Harry. Dorothy, his sister, lived in a caravan-like trailer home. Harry's mother, uh, Nanny, moved in a much later date. Now, this is his healing team. So, um, the photograph of Harry Edwards. So, if we go to the top left, um, this is Phyllis Harding, Harry Edwards' secretary. And the lady next door to her, yeah, that's where the pointer is, Catherine Shepherd. She was a loyal secretary and developed the gift of healing. Um, we have two um, beautiful healing rooms, and the peach colored healing room is named after her. The other two ladies are secretaries. Um, and then you go uh, to the ground on the left hand side, the bottom row. Now, this was a lovely lady called Eileen Nicholson. She was a healer and she worked alongside Harry in the sanctuary as his assistant. But she did much more than that. She looked after patients, giving help and support when needed. Um, she also made them cups of tea as well whilst they were waiting. Um, in the uh, conservatory. And the green healing room is named after her. Then we have George Burton, and he was a healer. Uh, he assisted Harry and Olive Burton on the far right. Harry is obviously in the next door to Olive. Uh, the Burtons met Harry on the 31st, 13th of July, 1946 at Croydon Civic Hall. And after that, they had a few meetings and Harry then invited him them both to join him at the sanctuary. Uh, I just love this where this picture is taken. If you haven't been to the sanctuary, um, this is overlooking what we call Cherry Tree Walk, uh, which is when the, the blossom trees are out, it's just filled with blossom. But you can see kind of the skyline there, um, and that hasn't changed. It's one of the most beautiful views, I'd say. Um, that I've ever seen and you can just sit there um, all weathers although very often it is quite sunny or um, and you can see the weathers coming in um, <laughs> because it's such a broad vista um, and in the back there you've got Leaf Hill uh, those of you that know Surrey um, and Leaf Hill is, is a wonderful place to go and walk and, and have an adventure um, but that's what you can see in the background right so the next slide please so here we have um, a, a photograph of uh, uh, ray branch which is on the left hand side and joan branch um, these were um, healers that um, the branch oh then we have harry edwards 
Then we've got Olive and George Burton. So that's who the photograph is of. And uh, the branches joined the team in 1962 after an introduction by the Burtons. Ray was a child of AccuE and lived with the Burtons. They worked alongside Harry until his passing and then they retired in 2003. Next slide, please. So they converted the, Harry converted the billiard room into the sanctuary and it wasn't long before coachloads of people began visiting, all hoping to receive contact healing. Distance healing was just as popular and they started to receive as many as, and you'll never believe this, 10,000 letters per week asking for healing. Um, if you can imagine, and Harry would respond to all of them. Um, also in the main house, Burroughs Lee, uh, one of the rooms, which is now the dining room, was set up as a, uh, an office and they had secretaries in there um, tapping away at their typewriters. Um, Harry would be um, reading all the letters and then pass them on and they would um, uh, type them out and send them off. Um, but because there were so many letters, um, they would then uh, contact all the local um, uh, wives and uh, or people in the village and they would then also um, answer all the letters as well and type them all up um, because there were so many. <laughs> uh, we don't get, obviously today, um, we get more emails, but not, not that number. Um, we have a lot of, yeah, we have a lot of coach parties that visit Burrowsley, and as I said before, um, and we love having them. Um, we show them all around. Um, there's a side door, when you're looking at the picture of Harry Edwards, he's standing, waving to them, and there's a little side door there. Um, and that's where they all used to go through, all the visitors, um, waiting for their healing. On the right, behind Harry, um, that's the chapel. That's the actual chapel. But on the left-hand side, uh, there's a little conservatory, a sunroom, and they'd all wait in there um, for their appointments until they were called in. Um, yeah, we have lots of different um, people coming. Um, we're very popular with Japanese groups that are uh, touring England, spiritual churches from all over the countryside, WI groups, uh, just to name a few groups that are coming. Um, and you can book these tours through the events team. Uh, do you want to say anything, Teresa? Uh, okay, next slide, please. So, uh, the Archbishop's Commission Divine Healing, I don't know if you know about this, um, was set up in 1953 to investigate spiritual healing. This was because the church and the medical establishments had become aware of the increasing popularity of spiritual healing and publicly disproved of it. This was despite many individuals, priests and doctors being healers and willing to accept the overwhelming evidence of the efficiency of spiritual healing. Harry himself came from a Church of England background and he had been very skeptical of spiritual healing at first until he saw the results that it achieved. This made him determined to prove its benefits to the commissioners, to the commission. Next slide, please. Uh, so Harry addressed the commission in 1954, 
providing it with documentary evidence of a number of successful healing cases. This was um, Harry with a child uh, which had leg arms. Um, I think you might see it on YouTube, I don't know. Um, but after his visit, um, they took the leg arms off and he was able to walk along the stage. Really quite incredible. Uh, next slide, please. So this was a, a photo with a uh, lady with arthritis. This is at, a, at another uh, demonstration, I think. Although 70 cases were submitted, only three were investigated, and these were later dismissed. The eventual publication of the Commission's report brought the news that neither the church nor the medical profession would admit that any other agency could achieve successful healings. The mass of evidence contrary to this view was ignored by the report, which explained away many healings as being outside the scope of investigation. And even though Harry himself had appeared before the commission, he was never sent a copy of their final report. Um, when Harry was doing um, healing in the sanctuary or even at the demonstrations, he would often get the doctors and um, the clergy coming to him, bringing people with them that they were put up as hopeless cases, but they would bring them to Harry and um, for his help. And uh, nine times out of ten, he was able to, to help them. Um, but the doctors didn't, you know, they would say to Harry on the on the quiet, you know, well, um, you know, I fully support you. And um, but actually, you know, amongst their own people, um, they wouldn't. Uh, next uh, slide, please, just, Teresa. To add to that as well, Rowena, because it kind of fits in with with this particular piece. But um, you know, we have doctors come and train at the sanctuary now and, and do yes. their student healing course. And uh, recently, but I think it's probably about well, recently I say it was last year when we, when we could all mingle and everything. We had. Uh, um, a doctor come and uh, he was from my local GP practice and I noticed him because he was one of my my doctors and he said oh it's lovely to see you but please don't tell anybody that I'm here um, so we still have you know even though we're very lucky in the UK to um, be able to practice very freely and have lots of places to practice healing and, and develop um, on you know all, all factors of our spirituality um, I know we're very privileged I think in the UK to be able to do that a bit more difficult in other in some other countries around the globe um, we still have some of these challenges so I think we've got a road to go yet before you know healing's just very freely available to everybody back to you Rowena thank you um, just one more slide and that's another one doing a demonstration, um, which we captured on film. Uh, next slide, please, Teresa. So this gentleman, we had some fun with this. Uh, this gentleman visited the sanctuary, uh, needed to use two sticks to walk. So we have the first picture, and then we have the next picture, no sticks. One with sticks, one without. Um, people used to come to the, um, when they came to the sanctuary, some of them came by train and the local train station in Gomshaw, um, the porters would say, you know, they would have all these stories of people coming with walking sticks, 
socks and all, all sorts of leg irons and everything. And when they went home, they just left them all behind because they didn't need them. And uh, apparently in those days, if you wanted to know anything about, you know, the people visiting the sanctuary and about the miracles that were occurring at the time, which, you know, they were, um, you needed to go and speak to the porters. I would have loved to have done that, but uh, mm -hmm. um, I wasn't around then. Right. The, this is the Royal Festival Hall. In, in September 1951, Harry appeared at the Royal Festival Hall where he demonstrated uh, spiritual healing to a capacity audience. Um, behind Harry, Harry is standing on the stage, are his fellow um, healers from the NFSH um, right behind him. So they would assist in all the healing as well. Uh, next slide, please, Teresa. Uh, this picture um, is at the Royal Albert Hall. Um, he appeared before 6,000 people in 1954 and he launched the 10 o'clock healing minute. This was during the Divine Commission investigation and several members were in the audience. At this time, it was still illegal for doctors to recommend spiritual healing. Harry also founded and was the first president of the National Federation of Spiritual Healers, the NFSH. It's now called the Healing Trust. In 1973, the NFSH returned to the Royal Albert Hall on Harry's 80th birthday, and 5,000 people attended the healing celebrations. Um, when Harry um, founded the NFSH, um, this was their offices were actually in Burrasley, and um, Dorothy, his sister, um, she helped. Uh, she did all the secretarial um, work for it and it was there for a couple of years until they moved on um, when it became quite a, uh, a larger concern and uh, they went to other premises. Uh, next slide please, Teresa. This is another picture of uh, Harry. He's in Trafalgar Square in 1964. Um, he was trying to raise awareness of spiritual healing and carried out many healings assist assisted by NFSH healers. Now, Harry would go all over the country, actually. He went up to Edinburgh. Um, I think he went to Glasgow. He went over to Amsterdam, um, to Cyprus. Um, but he went also to South Africa. He went to Johannesburg and Balawayo, and, uh, which was in Rhodesia. Uh, in fact, actually, he went there twice. So uh, he just wanted to put it out there that you know there was another form of there was a healing you know that he wanted to be he just wanted to bring healing to the fore he was a very forward-thinking man so the next picture we have is uh the rspca so harry was very fond of all animals and in 1967 opened an rspca dog kennels in what is now the car park um, at burrows lee and today, next slide, please. <laughs> and um, today we still do animal healing. We did quite a lot of animal healing, actually. But Harry just loved all his pets. Um, next slide, please. Yeah, and just, just for kind of reference as well, we, we didn't include it in this one because of time, but uh, we do an extended talk and in that, um you get to learn a little bit more about all the animals and i think even at one point rowena there was a 
a cow that was the pets and, oh, yeah. um, and, yeah. and yeah. a monkey because of it it was of that time obviously we wouldn't want that now but uh you know there, there's some lovely stories there about a parrot there's all shenanigans going on up there so it's a very warm and friendly place and he, he loved all the birds too he had a lot of cage birds you know budgegars and canaries and and some other um very different um uh, birds and he liked his fish and he he liked uh he was very fond of his cacti as well so um although we didn't uh, know much about gardening um but he liked his roses so but uh this is the next slide so this was a, a photograph of um uh the, it was a christening of barbara and alan's second daughter angela um, so despite his reputation as a brilliant healer who helped thousands of people, Harry was also a family man who loved his children and his pets. So in this picture, we have Harry obviously standing up at the back there. Um, on the left, top left is Megan, that was his younger daughter, and uh, her two children, Sue and John, and uh, Jill. And then we have uh, the next one was um, Felicity. Yeah, that's Felicity. Can't read my writing. <laughs> um, I, I actually met Felicity in the summer. Um, she's ninety-seven now, and uh, she's uh, she has such a bright mind, even to these very days. She lives over in the Isle of Wight, and we did a day trip over there to see her. So she's got Mark on her lap and Stephen uh, standing next door to him, her. And uh, Stephen was also a healer. Um, next door to him was his auntie Barbara <coughs> with um, baby Angela who was being uh, baptized and Sheila, her other daughter. Uh, next slide please, Teresa. <coughs> this was Harry playing badminton um he was very competitive and uh, he liked to win so this room uh, in the sanctuary um we uh, we call it the bluebells it's the library room as well um it had many purposes this room um the people that first built um Burrowsley, um sometime um they had a fire but later on they built this very big extension and he was a sculptor, uh, one of the chaps who lived there. And um, so this build, this room had a very high ceiling. And um, so later on, once he left, someone turned it into a, a Babington room. And then afterwards, it was a children's um, playroom and all sorts of things. But today now, it's um, the library and also the Bluebell room. So we have um, a group called the Bluebells for people who are going through various stages of their cancer journey. And it's, uh, it's just a meeting room as well, but it's multi-purpose, but no Babington Court now. <laughs> uh, the next one is Harry liked to relax by painting by numbers and doing jigsaws, um, but he was a terrible artist. He was really bad. Now Felicity, his daughter, paints the most beautiful pictures and uh, she had her healing was through the pen um, through the brush 
Um, her picture is absolutely stunning, but I have seen some of Harry's, and even though he painted by numbers, and they were awful. But hey ho, I can't say I'm not a good artist either. <laughs> so the next, uh, so this is Harry. Um, Harry continued helping and healing people until his passing on the 7th of December, 1976. He had decided to stay up late to finish some letters and he passed peacefully whilst reading them in what is now known as the Edwards Room at Barrows Lee. In 1977, the BMA finally allowed doctors to recommend spiritual healing to their patients. Spiritual healing is still being carried out in hospitals and hospices today. Unfortunately, this was a year after Harry had passed, but I'm sure he knew and probably told him to get a move on and passing it. <laughs> Um, Harry's legacy today uh, continues today with healing being offered at the sanctuary at Burroughs Lee and at healing trust centres. There's also a college at Burroughs Lee dedicated to training healers. However, without the generous donations and legacy of yesteryear, it is becoming increasingly difficult to provide this invaluable service to those in need. Thank you, Teresa. The end of uh, the slideshow, but I think Teresa might have a few words. Yeah, yeah, we, we thought uh, as well just to put in some imagery here because uh, we've got some lovely photos of the sanctuary just to bring it to life because I know there are people joining us from, from all over this evening and uh, later in the recording. So that's that lovely view that I was talking about, one of many. And um, as Rowena said, you know, we're, we're open seven days a week um normally you can come to the sanctuary for healing for contact healing at the moment things are different so we're offering um distant telephone and all forms of online healing uh, so that that's all open still and uh, you can enjoy the grounds um again being very safe and, and protected for everybody um but we also offer in more normal times um, retreats, um, all sorts of special events that are going on, both healing related and spiritual matters, but also more on the well-being side of things. And we offer a range of online events that are open to everybody. So uh, just so that's on your radar. And we've been thrilled this year to launch a new initiative with the Sam Buxton Healing Trust to get more paid healers, spiritual healers, energy healers into uh, the NHS in the UK. So um, we've just placed our first um, healer and uh, that's going really well. And uh, we look to do many, many more. So that's the view there. Oh, and we have the weddings. Oh, we do, yeah, a range of, thank you, Verena. Um, so we do a range of, um, life matter events so whether that's weddings naming ceremonies birthday parties uh, we have a very large marquee so it really lends itself to, to special events and uh, funerals as well which are um we have a celebrant uh, who is also a healer linda sewell who does the most beautiful uh, weddings and and all sorts of events including funerals which can be you know very sad but in some way they're very special um so yeah so when we think about harry now 
um, Harry, as we fondly refer to him with respect, um, his legacy is not only this beautiful sanctuary that is just about to celebrate its 75th anniversary coming up next year. So there'll be lots going on at the sanctuary um, and also online to celebrate this. Um, he's written a myriad of books and as Rowena said, very progressive thinker. So when you do read the books, they, they really do test um, or they stand at their time. I'm struggling for the phrase there, you'll be saying it for me at home. Um, but they, they really do kind of uh, resonate with today. And uh, as Rowena mentioned, he's the founder of the Healing Trust and really helped move spiritual healing forward um, so that now um, it can be um, advised by doctors, you know, for people to, to uh, receive as a complementary therapy. Um, his philosophy, we may have some healers that are watching this evening. Um, and having studied at the sanctuary and, and done my student healing there uh, before becoming a healer and now a trustee, I'd say some of the key things that really stand out um, that I hope will really resonate with you wherever you are on your healing journey, whether you've been healing for many, many years or, or new to healing. Um, really, it's, it's uh, keeping things very simple, very grounded. Uh, so this is very much a matter of um, intention and that he really believed that those with a healing heart that are drawn to healing, uh, this ability can be developed um, through attunement and diligence. Um, and he was a spiritualist and, and therefore um, really believed in, um, you know, the science behind this and um, proving uh, that this worked. So there's a, a scientific underpinning around all of this, as well as a, a deep, deep compassion. Um, but the key thing I would say is very much about grounding and pragmatic. And I love this image of him because his sleeves, you'll notice in every picture, they're always just rolled up you know, <laughs> in any way. And uh, for those that I've met that were lucky to, to have met him and worked with him and um, had healing with him, very down to earth chap uh, that just really wanted to offer healing for all, uh, which is really something a mantra that we do stick by and uh, you'll notice our logo at the top there wherever you are um, we're here for you and um, when things changed at the start of this year with Covid and um, all, all the challenges that we were facing as a society pretty much overnight we converted all our services online to offer a range of um, events, online healing and connection for everybody. And we've uh, continued that uh, very successfully um, through the year. Um, like I mentioned, there's all sorts going on now. So wherever you are in the world, I'd say one of the upshots of, of this challenging time that we've had in 2020 is, I think it's really accelerated us out of necessity. Um, <laughs> So now, you know, we, we do a range of things, um, all by donation. So it fits for everybody, um, no matter your um, finance, financial situation. Um, 
And if you want to kind of know more about all of that, you can go to our website, sign up for the newsletter that goes out once a month. You can become a friend, which is an annual membership. Uh, there's a range of benefits there, but I'd say the number one big thing about becoming a friend and I'm, I'm purchasing this membership this year for a number of my friends. It's, it's a wonderful gift. Um, you get a healer magazine uh, every quarter, which shares some wonderful stories, both of the past and the present and, and very inspirational. But really that money goes to funding the, the, um, the sanctuary and, and all that we do. So um, it's, it's a gift for, for supporting um, that side of things, which I, I quite like. Um, we have a Facebook group. I know that not everybody's on Facebook, but the features in Facebook have enabled us to be able to offer things like the Healing Minute. Um, that always happens now at 9.55 a.m. UK time, and that's for everybody to join online. One of the healers takes you through, I think the whole thing lasts for about 10 minutes, but the healing minute is around about 10 o'clock every day and uh, we invite everyone to to bring healing and give healing on all our healing lists and uh, and to the globe so that's a short way of about how to keep in touch and a little bit there as i mentioned um we joined the sunflower um uh, sam buxton sunflower healing trust uh to to get more paid healers into the NHS. But also we were very inspired by that wonderful image of the sunflowers. So again, at the start of lockdown for us, which was around about March, April time in the UK, as a side thing, a more bigger thing, a more global thing, we created the Sunflower Healing Garden. And this is a virtual concept um, it's a group on Facebook and Instagram, but many, many people that aren't online have joined the Sunflower Healing Garden. And the simple idea was to grow or show sunflowers um, in, in, um, as a symbol of joy and hope and healing for all. And uh, we're now up to nearly a thousand members. That happened very quickly. And um, also we're growing sunflowers in our gardens, at the sanctuary, there's a, um, a growing sunflower. Uh, <laughs> Windowsills. <laughs> yeah, they were everywhere. And we're hoping to develop this um, throughout the years now so that we can share sunflowers and, and all sorts. So um, lovely photos were created and an artist was so inspired by the sunflower healing garden concepts. Uh, she very kindly created this image for us. It's very inspired and the more you look at it, the more you see. And when you hear Joe Allen, who's a wonderful artist that lives locally um, in Surrey, um, for this particular inspiration, she said um, she had her sunflowers placed in different positions to show that you know, at different points in your life, you may be facing the light and looking up or, or turning away sometimes, you know, we, we all go through these challenges. So this really shows the different different elements of that. 
We have a healing circle that's just started and we'll only run this now until March, again, to get people through the winter months. So we started in October, it will go to March. It's always on the first of the month. I say always, we've only run two and this will be the third of December. And um, this one, it's a Christmas theme. So this will be on the 1st of December. Again, everybody's invited. Um, and uh, there'll be a number of things. It runs from 7.30 till nine. The theme is the gift of Christmas presents. And we're saying to people, if you'd like to either come dressed as you are, or if you want to go really to town and bring the festive spirit, you know, uh, jumpers, um, tinsel, baubles, antlers, whatever you want, Christmas tree in the background. We really want to bring in the Christmas spirit because as we know, if you work closely with energy and spirit, um, the Christmas time, other than the hallow tide periods, um, this is another time where spirit come very close. They love Christmas and we really just want to bring some Christmas spirits. Um, there is a healing circle in there and also um, opportunities to experiment and experience healing. So uh, again, open to all with a healing heart. And uh, I think we're open for questions, Laurie, if, if, if there are any before we move into the meditation. And, just while people are thinking about any questions to, to bring in, I just want to share this photo with you. This is um, the bluebells at the sanctuary. Like Rowena mentioned, we've got 32 acres and the grounds are just stunning. They're very natural, very organic, and we try to keep things as sustainable as possible. Uh, so there's lots of wildlife going on here. But this is a, a photo that one of our healers, Val Chandler, took. Um, back in the spring to share with us all because we couldn't be at the sanctuary and the bluebells this year apparently and um, probably because we're all in lockdown smelts more beautiful than ever uh, with this real vibrant blue and I don't know if you can notice but up in the top left hand corner there's a rainbow and she said the whole picture was just so stunning so I think she really captured the light in this image and that's it i'll stop sharing now are you going to do a meditation if you want to? yeah i just thought i'd come back to to laurie now for um if there's any questions yeah a couple of questions um wonderful absolutely what a really really lovely presentation you really brought him alive uh that was amazing and the numbers Oh my goodness, you know, 6,000 people. <laughs> it just, it just boggles the mind, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So we have a couple of questions here. Angus Gordon. Hello, Angus. How are you? What type of attunements are required? He's asking. Do you want me to take that one, Marina? Yeah, yeah go on yeah so thank you for that angus so um like i mentioned things are kept very very simple so um when we talk about attunements um with the process of grounding and then really opening up um if you read any of harry edwards's books he really doesn't talk too much about you know today we would talk more about chakras 
and and all of energy centers and all of this whereas harry in his day um would speak more about um bringing yourself to a, a, a real state of presence uh, to begin the attunement and then connecting with guides and then working with source at the sanctuary today although guides are um if, if you're doing more broader spiritual development we don't really tend to talk about guides too much um to keep it even ultra simple we talk about going straight to source um to bring in that energy um attuning both from source and also bringing in the earth energies hopefully that's helped a little bit um but i'd love to chat more if that hasn't kind of answered your question no that's lovely um jamie williamson he's, he's always got a good question up his sleeve can you read that all right on your screen or should i read yeah, it yeah. can you see it Teresa? uh but brief barely it might be best if you read it just for safety okay. um do you think that the medical um medical establishment will ever completely accept the effectiveness of spiritual healing whilst the medical model of health and disease is seen as the only way to cure disease I think that this is a rejection of the spiritual dimension of human existence and reflects the dominance of the material model of health. Yeah, I, I think you're just spot on with that, Jamie. And I think it just shares where we are, particularly probably more in the Western world in our development and understanding. And I think at some point, you know, when you look at the history of all of this, particularly in the Western world, how medical science evolved, particularly from the 1700s, 1800s, um, you know, we practiced our uh, development of medical understanding on cadavers, whereas in the Eastern world, you know, they're much more of a with um, not only the biology and the physiological aspects of the human form, but, you know, all, all the energetic aspects. And we kind of lost that, I think, on the road. Um, we have some wonderful speakers over the years and um, at the sanctuary we have a number of fairs go on through different seasons and always at the summer fair we have a range of speakers come in and um my my job that i love um is to be the doorman on the speakers because i get to watch the lovely talks and I've, I've done that for nearly a decade now and um we have one lady that always comes in and she was um a teacher a, a lecturer a professor um, at, at a local university, but spent her life working with spirit and spiritual healing, written a number of books. And she did this wonderful talk about the enigma of healing and why sometimes, you know, it's, it's not one of those things that you can put in a lab and keep repeating time and time again, which you know, can be very challenging for those that need that for the scientific tests to work, you know, particularly when you're doing qualitative testing. Um, so that therein lies the challenge. But she did this wonderful talk about Hippocrates, who was a wonderful healer, I believe. And when you see the Hippocratic Oath and the, um, you know, the cross with the, um, the Kundalini, you know, with the snakes coming down, which is a sign of our protection, you know, that, that's the healer model, but it's also the things that the doctors sign up to you know that all ties in with this hippocratic oath and um she talks about you know that we lost this 
spiritual aspects. Um, she works a lot with a lot of um, doctors in Harley Street and up at that level, people in the NHS. And I was quite heartened to hear last year her say that the tide is turning, um, not fully, and we're nowhere near there yet. You know, there's a lot of work to do in this area. Um, Angie Buxton-King, who's the chair and founder of the Sunflower Healing Trust, she works a lot with the NHS and does a lot of talks in that area. And it's one of those things I think we've just got to go in and do it because we can talk until we're blue in the face, but unless you've experienced healing, and by healing, I mean spiritual healing, but also including Reiki healing into that, all the energy healing therapies, they're all coming in on a similar vein, um, albeit, you know, with different modalities and, and different philosophies somewhat. Um, they do have something to offer. And uh, what we're noticing and what we're hearing is that once healers have worked in the hospitals, worked with the medical staff, um, there's some lovely talks if you want to look at that, both on our YouTube channel, but also on the Sam Buxton Healing Trust, um, talking about this. Um, they then share how much not only it brings for the clients, you know, the patients, but also the family members and the medical staff and the whole ambience around the ward starts to, you know, to change a little bit there. Anyway, I could talk about this for hours, but um, I'm conscious of time, Laurie, and I don't want to bore people, but um, I think much more to do. And I think the more of us that get involved in this discussion, um, Sandy Edwards is a big one to talk, um, to get on your radar if, if you're not already aware of um, Sandy Edwards's work. And she's written a book, um, the name eludes me now, um, Healing in the NHS, I think it's called, or she just yeah. type in Sandy and that's just getting republished now and going out through Europe but she had national funding lottery national lottery funding money I think it was nearly quarter of a million to do a scientific study on the power of spiritual healing she worked with a hospital and this story really brings this to life and it just shows how spiritual healing does help and uh, maybe um, Laurie she'd be a lovely one for you to bring in for the community to yeah. to talk to um, <laughs> if, if you haven't yet and she only lives in um she's local so she's in dorset i think um sandy and i'm sure she would like to, to well, she comes from dorset there. she's all right by my <laughs> i think i think she's from up north somewhere but uh, she's yeah. living in that area now. we'll forgive her that she's moved down here she's seen the light <laughs> <laughs> What a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant evening. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, both of you. Uh, I've been popping in to the chat bar there, a lot of links to the things you were talking about there so people can copy and paste those and go and find out for themselves because it's all a journey and that's part of the fun of learning. But we're gonna go back to you now because I believe you. we have a healing meditation Absolutely. So Wonderful. for those of you that would like to stay for the healing meditation and visualisation, um, you're very welcome. And if, if you're going to leave us now, we, we wish you a wonderful evening and um, hope to see you again at some point, either at the sanctuary or, or online. All right. So I invite you now to join me in the healing circle. 
Um, if you'd like to get yourselves comfortable, um, if I could, I would lie down, but um, I'm on here. So <laughs> wherever you are, you can do whatever you want. So as long as you're in a nice, safe space. And um, just before we get into it, a little bit of, um, you know, just looking around, just in case you do uh, fall asleep, sometimes that can happen. Um, that you're in a safe environment, so things like candles and all like that, you know, just have a quick check that you're in a safe place. Okay, so getting yourselves nice and comfortable. I'd just like to invite you now to close your eyes if you'd like to. And just bring your attention to your breath. And just as we're bringing our focus and our attention to now, this moment, letting go of the day to day. This is a wonderful opportunity for us all to garner together, to build our collective energy, feeling united and deeply, deeply connected. Setting our intention for the healing circle and also the healing experience. So we'll go on a little adventure. I've no idea where we're going. We'll just see what comes. <laughs> but as we connect now, I'd just like you to imagine your breath coming in. And there may be a colour associated with that. And you can feel the coolness of your breath coming in through your body filling your lungs and imagining the light coming in, really revitalizing, creating that wonderful oxygen around the system. And with every exhale, just releasing, letting go, any sluggish, toxic, used, Anything no longer required, you can breathe out and release. And again, this is all with your highest regard in mind, your highest good, with full protection. Breathing in, just noticing now all the lights filling you up and releasing anything no longer required. Allowing, working from the face down, just allowing your eyes to soften. Any tension to be released from your forehead. Allowing the jaw to slacken. Feeling the shoulders, just allowing any burdens or tensions in the neck to release any tension in the spine or core <laughs> just feeling that release through the hips all the way through the legs the new energy coming through and the releasing of what no longer serves at every part of your being both physical mental, spiritual. 
Just drawing your attention to your feet now. Just imagining that connection with the earth, whatever position your feet are in that are comfortable, just feeling they are connected with the earth. Again, this is a wonderful way to release energy because the earth will transmute it. But really now, bringing <coughs> the wonderful earth energy. And as we breathe in, just feeling that deepening and softening. We may notice little coughs or gurgles in the tummy. That's all the energy just moving around. Bringing the energy in now from the earth, drawing that up so you feel very grounded and rooted. And if you'd like to, just extend those roots a little deeper in a way that feels right for you, so that we feel very connected. Bringing that lovely earth energy up. You may notice different colours. Coming fully through the body to the heart. And just noticing your heart centre now, feeling maybe more alight, feeling all that unconditional love starting to come in from each other and from the earth. Opening up now all our energy centres in the way that's right for you. Opening them now fully and connecting with the source, with your light using whatever language is right for you to connect with your source. Imagining that wonderful light coming in now fully, radiating through you and really supporting and allowing anything that no longer serves to be released and to be replaced with revitalized, refreshed, vital energy and love. Sometimes the world can be very challenging. And even if we're the most wonderful healer, we can all have moments that are our ups and downs. And we can sometimes forget to really connect, take time and be kind for ourselves. So I'd just like to invite for a moment, now that you are fully connected with the lights, just take a moment with your hand to your heart or imagine in your heart, just say how much love Love yourself unconditionally, warts and all. <laughs> None of us are perfect. We are perfectly imperfect. But we are born perfect just as we are. So I just want you to really feel that unconditional love and connection and joy of spirits. A lot of love and laughter when we connect, 
And as that's running and we allow that to continue, I'd like to invite you on a journey. Imagining we're in the grounds of the sanctuary. Beautiful, beautiful surroundings. We're all walking there together. The space is very large and we're able to join in unity in a circle holding hands. And with us, we invite in all our healing teams, no matter our modalities, we are in the highest energy here. Very protected, very connected, beautiful light. Joining hands together. You can feel the excitement and the connection by so many connected lights. There is a hubbub in the air. This isn't quiet. <laughs> this isn't meditation. This is an experience and a very active, energetic one. You can feel the energy in your body singing and radiating and almost this a slight lift in our step because we are full light. And as we are connecting with light and really feeling that fully now, any expanse of light, any excess, because this is abundant, we are radiating through our heart into the center of the circle, building a vortex, a tower of light. This is very active, very energetic. At no point are you depleted of energy. That's important. You are filled first and you radiate out, almost like light bulbs or torches of light. Imagining us now all radiating that light into the centre of the circle. I know a few of you are already ahead of me. The light is building bigger and bigger. It is now beyond our circle, but we are holding fast, holding strong. The light now, there is a real force is moving beyond the circle, beyond where we are physically, beyond the village and town, the county, the country. And now the light is encircling around the globe fully. The globe is filled with light so that all may benefit for their highest good including the animal kingdom, all plants, trees, the climates, all living beings, all energetics now are just filled and touched. And because of this, because of this wonderful light, this intention, we feel a little bit more. And I'll just be quiet now for a moment, just for you to enjoy this and to really sit in the power of healing.
Okay, and that's wonderful. So starting to bring our focus back into the circle. Just take a moment to look around now. You notice your healing team and that of others. And there's a real recognition and excitement. Christmas is coming. This is a time, I'm feeling quite emotional now. This is a time for us to connect with joy and love to bring in that Christmas spirit. And so taking a look around, one of recognition, acknowledgement of old friends, past, present, and some new friends from this evening. I just invite you now to start to bring ourselves back into the room knowing that what we've achieved this evening is special in many ways. In some ways, we'll never know how much. Making sure that you feel very grounded and connected, moving in your body a little bit and just gently folding all those energy centers so that you're coming back fully into the room take a drink and just make sure you're fully grounded before you start to move about too much. <laughs> and uh, hopefully you enjoyed that and uh, it fitted okay with everything, Laurie. That was lovely. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Lovely comments. We're a wonderful congregation we've been listening to you tonight. We've got Norway, Denmark, Germany, uh, USA, and all across the UK. So your words have really travelled out. Oh, not forgetting Tenerife. Probably oh. <laughs> <laughs> Julie. How many people were look, uh, looking? Um, people we went were up to about us, thirty-five, sorry. but that's not an accurate count. We won't really know until we see the Facebook figures later on. Um, but I, I know the reach uh, was very good because we're also out on the there were people watching on the YouTube channel, which is lovely and also people will watch and catch up as well but yeah what a really really interesting evening thank you so much both thank of you. you for inviting us it's been thank you, yes. I'm glad we finally got through yeah. <laughs> very much yeah. and yeah. Uh, hopefully it's just teed everyone up now for a fabulous weekend and uh, lovely that so many have joined us from all over you know the globe i mean it's it's just great isn't it the, the technology now it just helps us connect in so many wonderful ways yeah <clears throat> we we didn't want to be here but we are and we're sort of making the most of it um where we can so yeah thank you absolutely wonderful wonderful evening and um, i don't have to do my online meditation tomorrow morning you've all had it tonight so there you go <laughs> Another bit of lying in there, hopefully. Yes. Oh, it was nice to go away with it because normally I'm sort of like busy watching what's going on and everything. While everybody else is away, I'm thinking, all right, what are we doing? There we are. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's always lovely because you never quite know where they're going to take you with these, um, you know, with the inspired guided healing. Um, until you get into it, you just don't know where you're going to go. But uh, the, the yeah. one now that we're going to do on the 1st of December, which is the Christmas theme, 
there'll be a group healing there but that one will will go on a, a christmas adventure but again can't tell you what it will be because i don't know myself <laughs> Yeah. get in there but i'm sure there'll be a christmas tree in there somewhere yeah mm. i'm exactly the same in my meditations i get the music and i just open my mouth and think well, yeah. okay what's going to happen here yeah. now <laughs> <laughs> yes. okay. so thank you rowena thank you Teresa. okay thank you laurie lovely yeah, lovely. lovely have a lovely weekend and um, yourselves keep in touch yeah. Yes, definitely, definitely, see, definitely. See definitely. you next year up at um, Barrowsley. Yeah, <laughs> with me picnic. <laughs> Before we, yeah. Before we go, just a quick uh, rundown of what's coming up. Um, tomorrow morning, nine o'clock, we have meditation. Tomorrow evening at seven o'clock, we have a talk from Barry Potter discussing his mediumship journey. Sunday afternoon, three o'clock, we have our divine service on Zoom. And this week we have Jeanette and T uh, Tina. You won't, be, you won't be happy about that. Tim Abbott. <laughs> Jeanette and Tim Abbott will be taking our divine service at three o'clock on Sunday. Monday night, again, we have our meditation time. And then on Wednesday, the second, we can open the church again. Yay! <laughs> We're going to have real life people back in. Yay! I've got to wear shoes again. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so Wednesday afternoon, 3 o'clock, the church will be open down here in Paul. Doors will open at 2.45. Um, we will be streaming our services again live online on our Facebook page once more so people can uh, join in. Our online congregation has grown immensely on that as blown away by the numbers and this wednesday our medium is the wonderful heather conclaves so on behalf of everybody here at the church Teresa, rowena thank you greatly indebted to you for such a wonderful evening thank you take care good night yeah. good night everyone good night <laughs>